0: You are listening to Cthonia, the podcast of the Dark Feminine. Cthonia's logo was designed by J.R. Malpair. Background music is Phantasm by Kevin MacLeod. Hello and welcome to Cthonia. My name's Breach Burke. I am your host, and today, we've uh, we've just passed the Halloween season, and um, today is actually uh, November 2nd. Um, so we are right around the uh, Mexican festival of um, <coughs> Dia de los Muertos, the, the Day of the Dead. And again, being a very, um, <coughs> excuse me, very underworld-focused kind of festival. Um, uh, obviously, um, having to do with uh, veneration of ancestors, and um, and that, and, and you know, and, and while it is not the same holiday as Halloween or Samhain, um, it, it does have its own um, inflection. There is definitely um, we can see the the sort of um, ancient cultural interest in um, uh, you know in in you know in venerating the ancestors, and you know tending to the graves and to um, providing uh you know you know providing food providing offerings um we, we definitely see this this very ancient religious practice sort of uh, revitalized um so you know just thinking about that and thinking about this as sort of the the beginning of the the period of the dead um <clears throat> november also tends to be the month of uh, kali festivals in hinduism we have this we have these great associations with death destruction and the um end of particular cycle um, at least, at least in certain parts of the world, I imagine. Um, certainly, for example, if you're in Australia, at this point you are thinking about uh, spring. Uh, your your you know your winter is now over, and ours is just beginning uh, in the northern hemisphere. So, uh, so a lot of this, of course, is northern hemisphere focused. Um, but I figured, but I thought, you know, since, you know, since I am in the Northern Hemisphere and since, um, this is, tends to be the focus of this podcast in general, I thought today's time, it might be good to, um, take a, uh, a, an episode to talk about, uh, the Santa Muerte, <clears throat> the, um, or uh, um, the Santismo Muerte, the, the, the Saint of Death, the Holy Death. Um, because, uh, Santa Muerte, I, is a very interesting figure, um, she is often associated with like drug traffickers in, in Mexico in particular and, and, and throughout South America, um, as well. Um, you know, with criminals. Um, she's a very marginalized saint. The the Catholic Church um sort of violently rejects uh Santa Muerte as some kind of Catholic saint. Um, and yet at the same time, they said the popularity of Santa Muerte, um they said recently in the twenty first century, she is only second um you know, uh, let me see if I, let me, let me just get my facts straight on this one. I don't want to tell you something that's uh, that's incorrect. or oh, I'm reading it incorrectly. But um, <clears throat> let me see if I can find it. I want to say that, I, I can't remember if she's first or second, but she is, um, let's see, I'm just looking at my notes here and I'm not, I'm not seeing it right off, of course. Um, let's see. Um, okay, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this kind of dead air stuff, but she's either first or second compared to St. Jude, okay, in Mexico. She is one of the, um, uh, her, her popularity is just absolutely exploded in the 21st century. That's really the point I'm trying to make here. And honestly, um, it's interesting how, um, you know, so, you know, and at the same time, there's this really dichotomized view. It's like when you talk about the Santa Muerte, it's the same way that people will talk about, say, about witchcraft. You know, are you on the good side or the evil side? You know, like, are you a white witch or are you a black witch? There's no such distinction, by the way. Um, however, <clears throat> um, the idea is, are you one of the followers who's good or are you one of the followers who um, who is evil? And that's, that's very, it's a very, very curious thing. Um, It makes the Santa Muerte an extremely liminal figure, and in many ways, extremely dangerous. So um, with that, I would actually like to spend some time um, talking about her, Uh, different aspects. I think I'm going to try to divide this podcast. I've been looking over, been reading a lot of material, reading some scholarly material, um, on her. There's not a whole lot written about her in terms of, um, you know, uh, compilations or books or anthologies um, or scholarly analysis. But there is, um, <clears throat> but, you know, but, but certainly there are um, uh, anthropologists, ethnographers, and those who have, have sort of, you know, looked at the phenomenon in, in you know, from their own respective uh, points. So I think I would like to talk about her Uh, And I'd like to talk about a few different things. First of all, um, I want to talk a little bit about the history of the Santa Muerte figure. Where might this figure have come from um, in the sort of South, you know, Mexican and South American, Latin American, if you will, uh, spirituality? Uh, What is the relationship of Santa Muerte to the Catholic Church? Um, And what is the relationship of Santa Muerte to other traditions um, like voodoo, for example? um or um or hoodoo you know which is a, a sort of um it, it, it's a sort of combination i don't i don't want to say it's exactly like voodoo but it's um but there's there's a lot of um catholic you know you know the catholic elements that are worked into hoodoo you know the use of uh saint saintly images the use of holy water for example um <clears throat> so there's a um so what's what's the relationship in those traditions? And then just a little bit about sort of the cultural and political Santa Muerte, because she represents something that I've thought about for a very, very long time, and that is the relationship between the Chthonic, the underworld, and poverty in particular. Um, Poverty and those rejected by society. People who are, you know, and people who are poor, by the way, are very much um, rejected by society. Um, If you uh, grew up, you know learning christianity and learning the bible they tell you you know um blessed are you know the what are the uh, sermon on the mount you know blessed are the meek blessed are the poor but they're certainly not treated that way uh, especially in this day and age um where capitalism is a kind of god um is <clears throat> it, it uh, you know and has and has been you know and whatever's good about it i mean a lot of it's been taken to an extreme uh there's there's this kind of sense that um you know, you know, poverty is an indication of either laziness or criminality or, um, you know, just a poor character or, or whatever. I mean, there's 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 definitely I, I probably need to do a whole episode on poverty and the and the chthonic realm because it, it's just I, it just pops up over and over again. And one of the <clears throat> facets of the Santa Muerte worship is that um, she tends to be worshipped not only by those who are marginalized, you know, prostitutes, drug dealers. Um, it's interesting. They also mention, like, taxi drivers. I don't necessarily put them in with with, um, with the other professions. But the idea of people who um, who are on the margins, people who um, sexually might be on the margins, or um, perhaps trans people, you know, there's people... She tends to represent... Um, those who are um, rejected by society and also represents kind of a resistance to the powers that keep people oppressed. So there's kind of a social, political, and economic dimension to Santa Muerte as well, Um, as well as, you know, um, sort of a battle between the versions. It's like, you know, it's like, it's almost like a um, meta battle of good and evil. There's this idea of uh, the Santa Muerte as sort of, um, you know, uh, you know, oh, if you worship the Santa Muerte, you know, are you one of the good people or are you one of the bad people? You know, uh, what, you know, what, what temple do you go to? What version do you have? Um, I I think of of Dionysus worship right away. You know, there's the, there's the sanitized state version, and then there's the version where they're tearing people's limbs off. I'm not saying they do that in Santa Muerte worship, by the way, but just simply pointing out that there are um, very different inflections. Um, so let's get, let's just, let's just start a little bit at the beginning here rather than, um, cause I'm, I am very famous for going off on tangents as those of you who regularly listen know. Sometimes the tangents are delightful. Sometimes it's merely a case of get back on the subject already. So I just don't, so I want to a- avoid the, the latter type. Okay. So let's, um, let's, let's, let's get a little bit into the, the backgrounds. Um, some of this I've pulled, I've pulled this from various uh, articles. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I typically start with Wikipedia anyway, just because I also want to get access to other resources. But also, um, you know, there, there's been some, there, there's a couple of books. There's a book called uh, Borderlands. let see if I have the whole title. Uh, Saints, Sec- uh, Secu- um, let's see. Uh, let me just open it up here. I want to get the whole title of it. It's not showing it to me. Um... <clears throat> just need to scroll down and see the full title of this book um it's a uh, Rutgers University Press uh, Borderland Saints it's called secular sanctity in Chicano or um, Chiquina and Mexican culture and this is by D.A. Martin okay this is one one source that I use um somewhat there's a whole um chapter on the Santa Muerte and, uh, <clears throat> and her, you know, and, and the sort of these sort of uh, political aspects uh, of her worship. Okay, but let's, let's, let's just start with the, with the history here. Um, now, just a quote here, it says uh, from the Wikipedia, it says, since pre-Columbian era, Mexican culture has maintained a certain reverence towards death, which can be seen in the widespread commemoration of the Day of the Dead, uh, which is what I just spoke about. Elements of that celebration include the use of skeletons to remind people of their mortality. The worship of Santa Muerte is condemned by the Catholic Church in Mexico as invalid, but is increasingly firmly entrenched in Mexican culture. Originally a male figure, Santa Muerte generally appears as a skeletal female figure clad in a long robe and holding one or more objects, usually a scythe and a globe. And of course, a scythe we know is, no, um, we know is used for reaping, to reap wheat. So it, it's, it's also associated with the Grim Reaper. Um, Her robe can be of any color as more specific images of the figure vary widely from devotee to devotee and according to the rite being performed or the petition being made. As the worship of Santa Muerte was clandestine until the 20th century, most prayers and other rites have been traditionally performed privately at home. Since the beginning of the 21st century, worship has become more public, especially in Mexico City after a believer called Enriqueta Romero initiated her famous Mexico City shrine in 2001. <clears throat> the number of believers in Santa Muerte has grown in the past 10 to 20 years an estimated 10 to 20 million followers in Mexico, the United States, and parts of Central America. Santa Muerte has similar male, male counterparts in the Americas, such as the skeletal folk saints of San La Muerte of Paraguay and Ray Pascual of Guatemala. Okay, so that's sort of the um, the introduction there. <clears throat> now, the history, um, we're seeing some, uh, again, this is that uh, the holy death she's, um, most likely a syncretism between pre-Columbian Mesoamerican religion and Spanish culture. Okay, and our Spanish culture, we have to remember, is Catholic in nature by the you know the time it comes over, uh, when the Spanish come and uh, colonize this part of the world. Uh, Mesoamerica has always maintained a certain reverence towards death, which manifested itself among the religious practices of ancient Mexico, including the Aztec religion. Death was personified in Aztec and other cultures in the form of humans with half their flesh missing. Um Hang on a second. Okay. <clears throat> symbolizing um symbolizing the duality of life and death. From their ancestors, the Aztecs inherited the gods. Um I'm gonna say this right. Um Micteca Mictek mictekazu Micteka Zutiwilto. Mictec m'teka Zuti wilto. Okay, I've said that about 20 times. It's it's not easy to say, and like, like a lot of the, the Irish words, it doesn't look the way it sounds. Okay? Um, <clears throat> the That and, and, and the husband, the lord and lady of uh, Micklin, the realm of those dead who die of natural causes. In order for the deceased to be accepted into Micklin, the offerings to the lord and lady of death were necessary. In European Christian tradition, many paintings employ skeletons to symbolize human mortality. Um. And uh, there's a mention of Elsa Malvido Miranda, a researcher who notes that worship of skeletal figures has precedent in Europe during times of epidemics. they would be dressed up as royalty, with scepters and crowns, be seated on thrones to symbolize the triumph of death. <clears throat> Excuse me. In Latin America, the human skeleton was used to remind Catholics of the need for a holy death, a muerte santa, fully confessed of sins. Okay. Okay. Um, as relics bones are also associated with certain Saints such as San Pascual uh, Balion in Guatemala um, and Chiapas <clears throat> okay um so uh they have um you know so we refer to the to the death goddess um, that, of the Aztecs okay um, yeah it's I'm looking at all the syllables in this and I'm going good Lord um, <clears throat> there is, uh, there's certainly a, um, you know, there, there's certainly a, a connect, you know, there may be a connection the, to that, um, Aztec death goddess, um, And uh, in some research, they said in central Mexico, um, indigenous people in central Mexico tied up a a skeletal figure whom they addressed as Santa Muerte and threatened it with lashings if it did not perform miracles or grant their wishes. Another syncretism between Colombian and Christian beliefs, pre-Columbian and Christian beliefs, can be seen in Day of the Dead celebrations. Okay. Um, So it was, uh, they said this was actually sort of a clandestine worship until the 20th, 20th century. At the beginning of the 20th century, José Guadalupe Posada created a similar but secular figure by the name of Katrina, a female skeleton dressed in fancy clothing of the period. And uh, there are many Katrina images. I'll try to include one in the uh, YouTube version of this. Um, Posada began to evoke the idea that the universality of death generated a fundamental equality amongst men. Um, paintings of skeletons in daily life, and that La Catrina were meant to represent the arbitrary and violent nature of an unequal society. Um, <clears throat> and at the same time, there's been a discussion of the La Catrina images as sort of sanitizing death in some way by making it, um, watering it down. Uh, <clears throat> commercialized and domesticated is the term used here. Um, so, um, so whether or not we are seeing a... Um, Sort of, uh, pro- you know, whether it's a uh, syncretism, a progression, a, a, an assimilation of these different images of, of death in the afterlife kind of being combined in a saintly figure, uh, which would make sense in a Catholic country. Okay, the idea that you are, um, you know, that <clears throat> you know, these, you know, these, what used to be sort of these ancestral spirits or these uh, elemental spirits who now become worshipped as saints and um so let me see so it's yeah here we go this is what the the reference i was looking for earlier and could not find because of course i i wanted to have it in front of me that's why i couldn't find it by the late 2000s santa muerte became mexico's second most popular saint after saint jude okay so saint jude was still number one santa muerte is number two and had come to rival the country's national patroness the virgin of guadalupe The religion's rise was controversial, and in March 2009, the Mexican army demolished 40 roadside shrines near the U.S. border. Circa 2005, the Santa Muerte religion was brought to the United States by Mexican and Central American migrants, and by 2012, had tens of thousands of followers in the country, primarily in cities with high Latino populations. As of 2016, the religion of Santa Muerte is said to be one of the fastest-growing new religious movements in the world, with an estimated 10 to 12 million followers. That's pretty, pretty substantial. Um... And so then the question becomes, okay, uh, we, we do have to ask the question of why. Um, I think that's something that might be more in the last part of what I, what I want to get to here. Um, <clears throat> let's continue on with her iconography and sort of her, her attributes. Um, this says she's associated with healing, protection, financial well-being, and assurance of a path to the afterlife. Now, if we think about what we've learned about the underworld in these podcasts, this all very much makes sense. Um, the healing arts, um, healing having to do with sickness, protection. Um, typically the reason you would is, call upon certain deities is is certainly for protection or to be protected. Financial well-being fits in with the whole idea of the underworld um being connected to the earth and the source of wealth. Um and the assurance of a path to the afterlife. And again, yes, the idea that um, you know, death will take you in and, and will hopefully treat you kindly. Now, um, let's say the two most um, uh, common objects that Santa Muerte holds in her hands are a globe and a scythe, okay? The scythe can symbolize the cutting of negative energies or influences. As a harvesting tool, it may also symbolize hope and prosperity. Her scythe re- reflects her origins as the Grim Reaper, the La Parca of medieval Spain, and can represent the moment of death One is said to cut a silver thread. Scythe has a long handle, indicating it can reach anywhere. The globe represents Death's vast power and dominion over the earth. It represents mortality, of course. She's the saint of mortality, and interestingly, she's she's a female figure. She's a female saint. Um, in some ways, um, you know, again, you know, I she's not. I would I would not say that Santa Muerte is is the same as the Virgin Mary, but it's interesting that when they have this sort of um, very maternal iconography, they they picture Death in this sort of more um, maternal kind of fashion in fact sometimes she is referred to by her followers as a holy mother and just like with the Furies in ancient Greece you know they have all kinds of nice names that they um that they call the Santa Muerte you know um the beautiful lady and you know my lady my beautiful lady um you know there's there's all kinds of um kindly things that people will say to her regardless of whether or not they fear her um Now I saw this, that, that point come up in several articles about, well, they call her these nice names, even though they're deathly afraid of her. And I'm like, are they, um, one of the things I've noticed about when it comes to these sort of darker goddesses that people gravitate towards, people who gravitate towards them don't, I don't think they're not gravitating towards them because they're afraid of them. They're gravitating towards them because there's, you know, there, there's a connection there. There's something that they feel, um, and and and, it, 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 and the dark goddesses in particular as i was talking about in my last conversation with april shaley um, they they tend to be very up close and personal i mean you know the the, uh, the devotee here's the dark goddess sort of almost shouting in their ear and you know you know jumping to get their attention you may even have physical manifestations of things in your own home because it you know because they just seem to be very visceral they seem to be very 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 close and that, but that's not a frightening experience to the person who's the believer. Um, maybe to the person on the outside, they may think, "Ooh, that's scary," but um, not not typically. Um, there's because the idea again, you know, you, we're talking about the holy death, and the people who she appeals to are are not the people who are um, the socially, you know, who fall into the. I mean, there, you mean there, there could be okay, but but generally, her worshipers are people who. Um. Feel desperately oppressed, okay. And if you're if you're looking at things within the context of Catholicism, then um, you're going to you're going to you know you're not going to look at you outside. You're going to look for a, a you're going to look for a saintly influence. Now this brings me to the subject of the Catholic Church and uh, the Santa Muerte. And um, the Catholic Church absolutely condemns the worship of um, uh, the. <clears throat> um, Of the Our Lady of Holy Death, Um, because uh, even though there is, you know, there there, there's a fair amount of you know sort of Catholic trappings to her iconography, they tend to disavow this uh, this particular um, association. Um, And believers themselves, I suppose, it varies as to whether or not they they also embrace Catholicism and embrace this kind of um, way of being uh, or not. It's it's not easy to you know, it's not easy to say what each individual believer believes. Um, all we know is that there is, um, again, like I had said with the witchcraft business, there's there's those who are close to something, and then there are those who, um, <clears throat> you know, the, those who are who who feel that their worship is more. Um, I don't know. That, that, you know, you, for okay, just to give an example, maybe I'm 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 kind of fighting for words here. Um, <clears throat> so they were t- I'm reading the one article uh, from the Borderlands about uh, Dona who has an altar on um, alfredia Street um, a, a, an altar to Santa Muerte a very public altar and she feels she worships the good Santa Muerte because you know she doesn't have anything to do with drug dealers or with criminals or anything like that. She's very very particular and that this is not what Santa Muerte is about um so you know so you have that kind of um inflection and i think that's and i think her her manifestation they're saying was a little bit more publicly acceptable uh worship of the santa muerte okay it's like a um it's a very apparently one of the most publicized shrines that exist and uh, <clears throat> but there's but there's a disavowal of that other element um you know saying oh no you know that that isn't there And, um, you know, that may be true or not true in the sense of, you know, you know, there's, there's definitely a connection between these sort of darker and more dangerous forces and these kinds of things simply because death, um, as it's been pointed out is an unknown, it's unpredictable. It comes to everybody that it is one, the one thing in life you can be sure of, you know, people will say, you know, the only thing certain in life are death and taxes and, Honestly, um, <clears throat> that is the very definition of being immortal. You're you're going to encounter death one day. Now, what that actually means? Well, we we spend a whole lot of time trying to figure out what that means. So, um, so the Catholic Church um, tends to reject this as um, you know, uh, you know they they don't sanction worship of the holy death. Um, <clears throat> but it does also remind me of the ways in which. Um, certain Caribbean cultures, uh, in particular African cultures in, say, the southern United States and throughout Haiti and Cuba and different places, and then um, also, you know, also throughout South America. The way in, just like there's a very unique Celtic Christianity that you can see in Ireland um, among those who believe, there's also a very unique kind of um, Latin American and also a Caribbean versions of uh, of catholicism and christianity as well i thinking specifically in my mind of the hoodoo traditions um which do make use of you know catholic saint iconography and, and holy water and certain prayers and things that are um you know biblical you know things you know psalms from the bible for instance or um you know certain prayers like you know i don't know in some cases you know like the our father or something very similar to it <clears throat> excuse me and um so you so you have this. you you have this um this mixing of Catholicism with what well, probably elements of um, other indi- either indigenous religions or other religions that just had been brought by the people. Um, you know, I, I don't want to go as far as to, you know, talk about the similarities with Voodoo, but sometimes, for example, um Santa Muerte is said to um, said to accept off. she wants. She needs to be have um, her, her devotees need to really keep up worship of her, and they said they offer fruit, candy, liquor, and cigars, and this is very reminiscent of um, you know certain voodoo um, spirits or, or, or gods. Um, I think of uh, Gay in particular, um, and um, you know they are, you know, they, so the so there's definitely sort of a crossover there between what one does. Uh, for veneration in, in one particular tradition, one particular sort of um, religious practice, um, and how they might merge it with another. And I think this is what's been, you know, this is how you know, you're seeing the merging of these sort of African and perhaps um, Mesoamerican traditions with Catholicism. And the Santa Muerte is very likely another manifestation, you know, it's, it's another manifestation of that. You you kind of see the the combining of these different ideas, and of course the, the church officially condemns such things because they're you know they're pagan practices or they you know or because of their use by people like drug dealers who supposedly have, can can take it to the other extreme and say okay well they're practicing human sacrifice to the Santa Muerte to to guarantee something for themselves, um, <clears throat> but. Um, you know, so it's so there's definitely a connection there between the Santa Muerte and these these other traditions that are around. But um, there's there's a quote that I have from the um, the Borderlands piece um, where they say uh, that she's not venerated for her purity or her holiness, but for her accessibility to the masses and resistance to the powerful forces of the state. Okay. And that's that's what I think, and that that's what I think too is um, that that's actually also a very good summation of what the dark feminine generally brings to us at this point in time, when people are feeling oppressed and marginalized. These are the forces. These are the um, uh, <clears throat> you know the, the, this is sort of if there if there is you know if there if there is sort of um, natural or divine or, or forces or however you want to look at them. That can, um, that, that can offer some kind of protection or comfort, this would be the variety. And of course, it's the variety that's connected to the underworld, which is what people don't like about it. Um, and it does go back to kind of the original thing that I've said about people's attitude towards death. Um, you know, do you see death as natural or do you see it something as terrifying that you need to keep away from you? And on the one hand, I mean, you want to live your life. You don't want to be sick. You don't want to die. Um, Certainly not before you've had a chance to live your life, right? Um, Although that does happen to people. Um, That's why um, in folklore, you know, those who die young, the the sort of the tradition of the sort of wandering person, wandering spirit, um, is one of the most terrifying because, you know, it's the idea that um, one dies and is kind of caught. In between. They're kind of not in one state or it's almost like not being dead. You're kind of like caught in one state or another. You know, you're not you're not quite living and you're not quite dead. Um so obviously, um, but but this suggests um an appeal to death and and the fact that it, it is the marginalized, it's um it is the people on the fringes of society who uh who worship the Santa Muerte, who go to the shrines, who make offerings. And again, they, they all have the all the same flavor of the the ancestral pact. Uh, or even, you know, even even potentially the demonic pact. I don't really see a whole big difference between the two of those things, because in both cases you are making certain offerings and um, looking to have uh, certain results returned to you. There's a magical quality to it, you know. Anything where you're kind of making a making a deal with the spirit here. I'll give you this, or I'll do this for you, and you could do this for me. Um, you know. Um. So there's there's definitely. Uh, you know, the, the connection to the, to the underworld, the connection to um, the underworld, both figuratively and, and, and when we refer to, for example, uh, the criminal underworld um, or the, the underworld of the drug lords, this is something that is, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> that's, that's the element of it. it it's, on, it's on the margins. It's people who are on the margins, and it can be people on the margins who are very dangerous, like some of these drug cartels, but it can also be people on the margins who are just very oppressed. And let me, and and, you know, and it's an interesting state of psychology that when you have experienced a certain level of oppression, when, you know, your day-to-day life, when you don't know, when you are living with uncertainty all the time, when you don't know where you're going in life, when you, um, when, when you really have nothing left to lose, um you know you embrace death in a very very different way because death is your mode of living um not not in the sense of necessarily people literally dying maybe um but it's more a sense of um you know you're you know you're you're living every day with the unpredictable it's most of us you know we get up every day it's like we have our routine okay i'm gonna get up i make my breakfast i have my coffee i drive to work you know yeah. it's you know not that other not that things can't happen to throw a monkey wrench in that but it's, you know, but we we kind of have a standard expectation of how things are going to be. You know, we might get paid X number of times a month. We might get this. We might get that. There's certain things that we are predictable and reliable. When you live from day to day and you don't know what the next thing is coming from the next day, when you don't know when your next meal is coming, when you don't know when the next bit of money you're going to get is coming from, you you are in a really um, chaotic state, and people don't like that. People want things to be nice, neat, and orderly. Um, and so, therefore, that sort of chaos um, becomes almost associated with a kind of evil. So, therefore, a figure like the Santa Muerte, who which is very um, liminal in her uh, in her whole her whole um, bearing, is, is liminal, um, <clears throat> and and the fact that it, it is people on the margins who, who turned to her, uh, she does become sort of a threat to sort of the, estab- to the established order. Um, there is a, uh, there's a, I'm looking at this article, um, there is, you know, I'm just trying to find the, um, you know, there, there's, there's some, you know, some discussions here about, um, about the certain cults and the way that, which in particular they make the government they make the Catholic Church and they make the upper class um, people from these very, you know, from Mexico and from these uh, other Latin American countries very uncomfortable um, <clears throat> because because it threatens their established order. It threatens the the orderly nature of things, the way that, you know, threatens tradition, threatens the way things have been handed down. And like anything... Um, that can work as a good, that, that you know, t- to label it good or evil at the outset is just simply irresponsible. I mean, sometimes chaos, sometimes chaos can be a bad thing. It can, it can be destructive, but chaos, sometimes that destruction can also be a good thing. It can be a getting rid of things that are, that are false or that are phony or that maybe work for some people and not for others. Um, and we, we just don't, you know, we, we tend to, to try to avoid those forces. We like to have our neat categories. We like to have our split. We like to look at life. And when something goes and throws all that up in the air and says, oh, well, which, which side am I on? You know, um, we don't tend to, you know, in our nice, neat, orderly social lives, we, we, don't, we don't tend to like that, you know, that kind of a thing to happen. Um, I would swear that sometimes chaotic things like this come up, you know, mainly to teach us that, Hey, you know what, you know, you may not like it, but that's actually how things are. So there's a very realness to this saint. She's very, um, as they said, she's not about holiness and purity. She's very secular in her way, even though she's a skeleton, she doesn't represent a living human being. Uh, she's certainly more relatable to human beings. You know, she's not some, you know, inaccessible, perfect ideals. She is something that, Um, as, as was said in one article that I read, you know, you don't possess death, death possesses you. And it's, it's kind of an inevitability that we have to sit with and that we don't necessarily like. Okay. Um, I did want to make, um, one other comment about, uh, the, the Dona Keita. Um, I'm reading from this article about this is to me, I'm, I'm, I'm making a comparison in my mind, um, with the Dionysus cult. Um, so I'm just going to quote this from this Borderlands uh, Saints. This is the chapter on illegal mar- uh, marginalizations. Um, <clears throat> several of the churches and public altars to Santa Muerte in Mexico City and the surrounding Estado de Mexico, including others um, in uh, Tepito, such as Bishop David Romo's church have been locked in fierce rivalries or embroiled in corruption and scandals. While Chestnut Hernandez and Gil Omos discuss these rivalries in detail in their books and media reports and blogs, it is clear that Dona Keita's altar is positioned as the ideal public face of the cult of Santa Muerte. Notably, the forthright Dona Keita roundly denies any connection between her altar and the criminal underworld. And like almost everyone else associated with the Death Saint, she refuses to speak openly about her relations or conflicts with other Santa Muerte leaders and caretakers. She has emerged as one of the positive public faces of Tepito, granting many interviews posing for photographs, as in Matarosa's book, Being Filmed and Being Filmed. Of course, Dona Keita is not only figure associated with the cult of Santa Muerte that's featured in media and cultural production. Um, but her candid personality, pithy, dry statements, obvious love for the saint, and perhaps most of all insistence that she is just an ordinary devotee like any other, all contribute to her position as a media star. Um, so it's, uh, so they, they talk a little bit about that, but what, what's interesting to me is I think about, um, the way in which, uh, tragedy started, which drama started. Um, and that was through the cult of Dionysus on the Dionysus festivals, where people were allowed to you know make fun of you know the the ruling public figures and so forth because you do have to remember that um in Athens um you know even though there had been democracy I mean you also had tyrants who ruled and so forth but the Dionysus cult you know you were allowed to satirize and this is where these certain plays and things and 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 um you know comedy you know tragedies and, and comedies and so forth that were performed and you know there were contests to have the best one this was the public face of Dionysus worship OK, um, you know, when you had some of the elements, you know, you had some of the darker elements, but um, but you had a public face to it um, where there would be, you know, public processions and offerings and things. All that would be there and maybe all of the same um, same trappings. But um, but the sort of more darker orgiastic uh, or violent nature of the of that was, um, you know, was it was not part certainly not part of the state celebrations and would not have been condoned by the state so similarly here with santa muerte it does seem like that there are different inflections of the cult some of which are more acceptable to mainstream society than others and you have to ask the question of it's just like okay are these um but you know are these are these watering down of of, of perhaps um sort of the traditional Catholic um way of approaching this but um I I suppose you also have to think about it. Is this is sort of the way I I kind of look at the Santa Muerte cult as a continuation of these um, this reverence for the underworld goddesses Um, and perhaps gods too. As I said, there's sometimes there's um, you know masculine figures that are that are similarly related, but um, certainly um, at least one of these articles they're talking about Mexico as um, you know its its veneration of death may actually be part of um what makes it part of its culture part of what makes it unique and uh so it so it makes it sort of a fascinating um place to think about and when we think about the aztecs and, and the amount of sacrifice that they had and, and the fact that they had an actual there is an actual cave it's supposed to be the cave um that leads to the the underworld they have their own we've talked about the ones in the one in ireland but for the um the owenagat but um they they do have their own and um actually there are some documentaries and, and other things that um that show this cave in fact I want to say that hmm, one of the episodes of one of the short shows that I watch one of the paranormal shows that the guys did actually go in and investigate that cave like they actually put on the scuba gear because there's there is a lot of water in there and did try to go in and do some kind of an investigation I have to see if I can find that one I know I have um, some students in the current course I'm teaching who are interested in that and maybe be interested in some of these other things so um so let me, uh, you know, so I'll see what I can find that I can. You now I can link to my uh, podcast page both on Cathonia.net and also on um, on Facebook uh, and Twitter and, and Instagram. You know, something else for people to, to take a look at uh, who might have more interest. And of course, um, I, I am going to add that if you follow me on any of those places. Please do make requests. If you're saying, "Hey, you know, I really want you to talk more about this, or I want you to do that," you know, I'm 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 open. I you know, if I don't hear anything, I just kind of I kind of go along and do my own thing. So, um, and and maybe that you know, maybe you'd prefer to be a little different. And I'm you know, hey, I'm open to feedback. I'm I'm totally cool with that. So, so don't feel uh, you know, I, I know people don't have a whole lot of time to stop and comment on everything. On, on or it's like seems like people either have too much time to do that or not enough. So I don't know. In any case, you know, feedback on that would certainly be appreciated. So, um, it's, uh, okay, so I think, I just want to see if there's anything else I want to say about the Santa Muerte before I close out, because I realize um, time slips away when I do these. Um, Just a few other, read a few other things um, about her rituals. Uh, Rites dedicated to Lady of Holy Death include processions and prayers with the aims of gaining a favor. Some believers of Santa Muerte, uh, some believers of Santa Muerte remain members of the Catholic Church while millions are cutting ties with it and founding independent Santa Muerte churches and temples. Um, Altars of Santa Muerte temples generally contain one or multiple images of the lady generally surrounded by any or all of the following cigarettes, flowers, fruit, incense, water, alcoholic beverages, coins, candies, and candles. And again, yeah, this is very reminiscent not only of the offerings that are made uh, to the ancestors and even part of the Day of the Dead celebrations for relatives and so forth. But this is also reminiscent of what you see in uh, voodoo rites um and also um in other cultures too. I mean there's you know you would have an altar where you would you would leave offerings for um whatever spirits you're devoted to or or wish to seek the favor of. Um, <clears throat> Uh, her images are treated as holy and can give favors in return for the faith of the believer, with miracles playing a vital role. As Senora de la, de la Noche, Noche, not de la Noche, Noche. I'm sorry, my Sp- I, I don't know Spanish either very well. Lady of the Night. I, I, actually, that's—that's that's interesting that I would have, have to get the Spanish pronunciation for night. But anyway, she's often invoked by those. Exposed to the dangers of working at night, such as taxi drivers, bar owners, police, soldiers, and prostitutes. As such, devotees believe she can protect against assaults, accidents, gun violence, and all types of violent death. Okay. Um, So, okay. Um, Yeah, November 1st is her most prominent Saints Day, um, but it does vary from shrine to shrine. That's not um, an absolute. Um. And in that one, at least in one of the temples, um, they the effigy of her, at the Holy Death, is dressed as a bride, um, and they said others celebrate her day on August the fifteenth. Um, so I think um, I think that's probably all I really want to say about her right now. Um, if people, you know, know you know pra- practice the Santa Muerte um, religion, if they or if they they venerate her. if they have other things that they might want to um to add to any of this discussion in public commentary i'd be glad to hear it um i always found her to be a very fascinating figure but like a lot of these darker female goddess type figures saintly or goddess type figures i feel like she's um you know they're always treated with a kind of suspicion and there's always the sense of you know her associate her association with the people on the boundaries and so therefore that makes her dangerous, and therefore that means she should be avoided, right? Well, um, but I, I feel she's a really, really good illustration of how um, these these sort of dark forces um, that are connected with the underworld, which are connected with death, with the earth, with the Chthonic, with the <clears throat> with the earth as it is. Instead of, you know, that, that she's a very good example of... Um, how we you know how these how, how connecting to these forces can empower us or how they can um you know um provide us they they can provide a guidance of their own uh, especially through the darkness i mean if you think about the underworld goddesses um i you know hecate immediately comes to mind you know the guiding light through the underworld um these are the forces you know the if you're going through hell keep going and these are the forces that can can help you find the way so um something something interesting to think about um you know especially for people who um you know are economically deprived who may be um politically in a bad place um who may be living dangerous lives or on the edge for whatever reasons that they do um you know that this these 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 are the forces that kind of represent that level of chaos and we can be as uncomfortable with it as we want But the reality is that it's there and that, you know, does does is it better for one to embrace it um, or to try to avoid it? Now, I suppose, you know, it depends on who you are and where you are in your life. But um, generally, if it's going to come to find you, you're not going to be able to avoid it. Um, So I don't know, I I, I think she's a fascinating figure and I think her increased reverence by by you know the, the increase of her cult suggests to me how many people really are in need of this um this sort of dark guidance if you will um because you know the old order traditional way of doing things just isn't working anymore so much is falling apart um politically socially economically if we want to talk about immigration i mean immigrants from mexico right now people who are who, are, who might be suffering from difficult political situations uh, used to be able to come to the United States. Now the United States is treating them like you know um, criminals when you know they're not uh, you know when a lot of times they're just coming trying to trying to save themselves from being killed, um, and the, the you know and and of course the the shitty attitude that the United States has towards immigration in general right now. Um, you know this is a this is this is this is sort of another piece of it, but but it's an interesting piece of the puzzle that we're seeing. Um, this increase in in turning towards this sort of fe- these sort of feminine icons of death uh, to provide um, you know to, to provide protection to help you know to help empower somebody who resists um, the um, the force of you know the the ruling forces um, you know the colonial forces the the very the very, very um, you know the ones that have the money and the ones that have the power. Uh, who generally also, and if you're talking the U.S., you're also usually talking the white folk, too, because this is just, this is, you know, we, we try to pretend that that's not the way it is. And it's not that there aren't poor white people either, trust me. But, um, you know, the idea that this is somehow, um, you know, uh, there, there, are, there are certainly groups of people um be either because of race or because of orientation or maybe um you know maybe between genders or whatever it is there's certain people who are marginalized and certainly people who are poor are marginalized because you know what do they have to offer to the rich society right other than for them to treat them like slave labor so um so there's there's a whole lot to unpack here which i'm never i i wouldn't unpack this if i was going on about this for the next six hours so uh but lots to think about there and maybe some uh, fertile ground for some future topics so with that i'm just going to say thanks again for listening um please check out kathonia.net i am working on improving the site um right now i feel like it's a little um you know that there's a lot of material on it right now and you know some people may not want to navigate a lot of it um i still think it's actually still fairly usable so you can go there to check out this podcast um which is also hosted at metapsychosis.com slash series slash kathonia um and, uh, I have Patreon, patreon.com slash kathonia. I want to thank those of you who are patrons and, you know, anybody, you know, and, and anybody else who wants to come join our little happy group, because we do, we do do some extra things there. Uh, I plan to do more actually for my patrons now. Um, hopefully, um, speaking of chaos, hopefully once I'm back in my house sometime this month, um, I had, a, we had a flood and I'm now, I've been living elsewhere now for, and I'm going to be living elsewhere again. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a, uh, um, chaos factor right now. So I'm hoping once all that settles down, I, there's a lot more that I can do. Um, but, uh, again, thanks for listening. I hope you'll check out all of those places, you know, follow our Facebook page. Um, yeah, I also have Twitter feed and uh, an Instagram. Um, and of course there's a YouTube channel, Cthonia as well. So, um, you know, please, please check us out in all those places. Thanks very much for listening and we'll talk next time.